0: Let's um, read 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 to 10. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God, had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel? Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. And he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. And the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. The word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Mark. I would have been happy for you to keep preaching. That was just great. It's been a very challenging week for... Residents of uh, Fort Mac, thank you all for praying. Uh, So many people being generous in their response to those who've had to leave their city. Like others, we're uh, we're all trying to think of the best ways to respond. And uh, it's amazing uh, how many people are responding. If you want to help with some things, this is kind of our immediate first step. Uh, like toiletries and soap and toothpaste and socks and diapers. We're just setting up a table uh, tomorrow morning in the foyer, and you're welcome to bring them by during the week or next Sunday. Uh, and I just understand pots and pans are something that people are asking for because they're, they're renting facilities, but uh, they have food, but they don't have anything to cook with. So some pots and pans would be very helpful too. Well, this morning uh, on Mother's Day, the message is not specifically geared to moms, but there is a mom involved. Uh, There always is. (laughs) Moms are everywhere, and uh, moms need to be because they're in high demand. And moms go through a lot to bring their children into the world. Uh, Sometimes uh, uh, husbands and fathers don't fully appreciate the kind of pain that it takes to uh, bring a child into existence on planet Earth. Uh, In fact, some dads and husbands are inclined to say, yeah, I know, it must not be very comfortable, but it can't be all that bad. Well, take a look.
2: Did you know that according to women, childbirth is the worst kind of pain there is? And did you know, according to women, that us men can't handle any of it? Well, did you know that according to men, women exaggerate everything? Everything. That's why we decided to make an appointment with Dr. Julie Masters. Hi, how are you? I'm Dr. Julie Masters. Hi, I'm I'm Dan. nice (laughs) to meet you. Are you guys ready for this experience? Yeah, Yeah. I'm ready. What we're going to do today is we're going to put some electrode simulations on your abdomen, which are going to give you some contractions so we can kind of simulate contractions to show what your wife went through during labor. That sounds fun. Well we're gonna hook you up right now. All right. Go ahead and lay back. Okay. What we're doing right now is we're just hooking up the contraction monitor. This reminds me of those uh okay. infomercial. Okay. Okay. Like, nice and tight, got it? I'm gonna have a six-pack after this. Yeah. You're basically gonna electrocute us for an hour? Yes. We're gonna in you. a very small way. Just Fantastic. right here in your abdomen. Hi ladies. Hi. Here are your wives. Hey guys. So I'm just gonna give you guys a couple little contractions right. so you can see what it feels like. Where are you feeling that? Are you feeling that narrow? Not feeling it right there. Right Right now we're going to be starting to simulate a little bit like early labor. should be, you know, maybe like a 2 or 3 out of 10 in (laughs) pain. That was early labor. (laughs) (laughs) I got to remember my breathing. Mm. Where it's okay. really getting good. Right. Here we go. Oh. Uh, awesome. Awesome, guys. Starting to come down now. You guys are doing awesome. <laughs> <it's a> focus. <laughs> 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 start to be. You keep it in. Start to come down a little bit. Start to come down. That had
1: to be at least a. I'm hoping it's a 7. That's a 7. You know you're at 4. a That's 4. <sighs> oh, it's, uh, it's, uh,
2: someone's taking a, a sawzall We're <laughs> just carving up my my afternoon. are you doing? me? are you doing? Me? Ah, stop smiling! Ah, ah, ah. Oh, wow. I'm starting to really calm down now. You're doing really great. And now, in normal labor, you'd be having a protection for the city again. I don't want that yet. Okay. <laughs> Can we give I'm going to throw it. I'm sorry, I'm going to do one. You don't want to quit now. There you <laughs> go. There you go. There you go. There you There
1: you go. That was not good. so... That sucked. It was
2: horrible. Better than you thought or worse?
1: A <laughs> lot worse. A lot worse.
2: I'm telling you right now, it's, I felt like I was having a baby. Mom, if uh, anything that I just experienced is anywhere close to what I did to you <laughs> all those years ago, I'm sorry, you're like a superhero. You're one tough mama. Mm. Happy Mother's Day.
1: <laughs> Mom's happy Mother's Day. You have gone through a lot for all of us, so thank you. And if uh, we have any questions, we just have to go back to that little YouTube video. You can dial it up for yourself and just uh, contemplate the, the level of pain in childbirth. Well, a little levity for this morning because it's been a, it's been a difficult week and we need to laugh a little bit, to, uh, kind of keep some balance in life here. We're in a series of messages uh, called Hearing God. And uh, we often think of prayer as pretty much one way. You know, we do all the talking. We talk to God and we forget that He wants to talk to us. And, and then He does talk to us, but we don't always recognize who is speaking. Now, there's a mom involved in the passage this morning, as uh, Marg indicated, and, and her name is Hannah. Hannah's greatest pain was not childbirth, her greatest pain was the fact that she couldn't bear children. She prayed and prayed and prayed and finally she made a deal with God. If you answer my prayer and give me a son, I'll give him back to you and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And God said, I'll take you up on that. And little Samuel was born and when Samuel was just a little toddler, his mom brought him to the tabernacle where Eli the priest was the key leader. And she said, I'm giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord for his whole life. I have no idea, and I can't even imagine of how difficult that must have been for Hannah to leave her son at the tabernacle under the supervision of Eli. And especially Eli, knowing the kind of disaster that he was in contending with his own family, a couple of boys that he had that were just simply way out of control, But God had His hand in it all. And I just have to say this morning, isn't that an amazing comfort to all of us? When life seems out of control and we can't imagine what is around the next corner, God is there already. He's already there. He's already gone before us and He is working things out. And in the most unlikely situations, God's voice is heard and God brings strength and healing and joy. And Eli will definitely have a significant role in the mentoring of young Samuel. So I'm just going to jump down to verse 7 in the passage. that says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy, so he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again... Say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, Speak, your servant's listening. First of all, learning to hear. Uh, The passage has been nicknamed the ministry of Eli uh, because it's a wonderful demonstration of a mentor helping someone hear the voice of God Uh, most of us, I don't think, have these kind of mentors who will come alongside of us and help us hear the voice of God. I don't know. Did you ever have someone like that? Whoever tells you to listen for the voice of God as you read the Scripture or as you talk to others or as you perhaps have a picture in your mind of some situation that you're praying about and God gives you a picture, what do you do with that? Whoever helps you sort that through, is this just me? Is this just me writing these things or is there something else taking place here? Is this God speaking? You have to sort that through. Dallas Willard writes about this. He said, through the writings, great Christians of the past such as John Calvin and William Law offered what we might call the ministry of Eli to me. They gave me further insight into what was happening in my experiences and why it was happening. They helped me to identify and respond to experiences of God speaking, just as Eli helped Samuel. Little Samuel, just a just a young boy, and something is happening in his young life. I just want to say it again this morning, and just a carryover from last week. The Lord speaks to our kids. Uh, If you're sitting here this morning as a junior hire or as a senior hire, I know most of our young children are upstairs, but I just want to say again, you can hear his voice. Uh, Maybe you hear his voice better than we do as adults uh, because you you don't have the clutter that we do in our minds Uh, and all the barriers that we've put up through the years. One of our staff calls it the noise of life. I love that because we all have it, the noise of life. I read a little story in Bill Heibel's life, pastor of Willow Creek, and he tells a story that when he was uh, age seven, grade two, that his teacher, Miss Van Solen, read the story of Samuel to the class. Bill, or Billy, as they called him back then, uh, stayed back after class and went to the teacher. Miss Van Solen, does God still speak to little boys? She smiled and let out a relieved sigh like, I don't know what else you were going to ask me, but that's a good question. Placing her two hands on my small shoulders, she looked at me square in the eye. Oh, yes, Billy, she said. He most certainly does. And if you learn to quiet yourself and listen, he will even speak to you. I'm sure of it. As he walked out the door, she gave him this little poem. Oh, give me Samuel's ear. An open ear, O Lord. Alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer to thy call and to obey thee first of all. And that little poem impacted his life. He writes After that experience, I tried to listen for the whispers of God. I didn't do it well, or I didn't do it often enough. But as I walked down the road of my young life and faced the right or wrong choices, that all adolescent boys face, sometimes I would recall that poem, Oh, give me Samuel's ear, an open ear, O Lord. Samuel knew that, that someone was speaking. He heard a voice. He didn't know it was God. He, he actually had to learn how to recognize God was speaking to him. Would you, would you note this That it's possible for God to speak to someone and that person to have a sense that something is happening, but they don't recognize it as God, or they don't recognize that God is orchestrating this. They don't understand that it is God who is speaking. When you have a conversation with someone, you are, in a sense, directing their thoughts. Would you agree? When you have a conversation, you say something, you are, you are directing their thoughts. I suppose uh, in you sitting here right now and hearing these thoughts, uh, you are having some thoughts because i 'm saying some words, some thoughts are coming into your mind that are being prompted by my words, uh, or thoughts like, "How much longer is this going to be?" Uh, or other thoughts like, "Does God really speak?" Uh, can we hear Him? So we as humans use sounds and movements, nonverbal, to guide people's thoughts. But this is one of the fill-in-your-blanks. But God can th- fill, can guide your thoughts directly. God can guide your thoughts directly. He doesn't have to use sounds He doesn't have to use symbols. He can if He chooses to, but He doesn't have to. Because He has direct access to your mind. He can simply guide a thought without using any other means at all. So where did that thought come from? But I have a lot of thoughts that come into my mind. We all do. I may not know that it's God guiding a thought. Something like this is what happened to little Samuel. He didn't know. Eli helped him with this. And Eli was a huge blessing in his life, helping him to discern where those thoughts were coming from. Awesome to have an Eli in your life. Pray for an Eli if you need that. Pray for an Eli to come along and help you hear the voice of God. Prayer, as we've so often seen, is one-way communication. We talk to God. But what gets really exciting is when He talks to us and we begin to recognize His voice. It's a whole new adventure in life when that begins to happen. Do you recall a verse in John chapter 10, verse 4? He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. And after He has gathered His own flock, He walks ahead of them and they follow Him because they know his voice. They know his voice. How does a sheep get to know the voice of the shepherd? My dad and I watched this uh, amazing phenomena in old Jerusalem years ago. And my dad who was a farmer all of his life he was absolutely fascinated. A shepherd led 20 sheep through a large flock of 200 sheep. And this shepherd just went right through the middle of the, that big group of sheep. I was trying to think, what's a herd of sheep? Is it a herd of sheep? I don't think it is, is it? Flock of sheep! Yes, it's a flock of sheep. And uh, and I had said that, yeah. But they didn't get lost or, or mixed up because the the shepherd just kept talking to them. And those 20 sheep would hear the the voice of the shepherd and they just followed him right through that maze. Amazing. They had heard his voice over a long period of time and they knew it. They knew it. And so they followed him right through. Well, that can happen to us. Over a period of time, we begin to learn the voice of God. Ah, that's God speaking. Oh, that's a word for me, and that's coming from this source. Oh, as I read the Bible today, God is wanting to tell me something very specifically. Oh, that's his nudge. Oh, that's his little voice that is saying, you should call John. Uh, You should think how you're going to help Susan. We begin to hear the voice of God. We get better at it. We get better at it. Have you ever done anything adventuresome when you, where you need to take a guide with you? Uh, for example, maybe as you went backpacking into the mountains and you just needed a guide? Or ever needed a guide to help you with your backswing in golf? Or every kind of swing in golf? Every, ever needed a, a guide to help you become a better cook? There are lots of times in life when we need a guide. Wouldn't it be great if we could get a guide for other parts of your life? Like if you're dating? Wouldn't it be great if you could get a guide to walk you through the dating process? No, not that one. No. Yes, that one over here. Date this one. Or if you get in an argument with your spouse and you're just on the verge of saying something you shouldn't say, you know, just that moment when you say. Stop, don't say that. You're just ready to clamp your, your mouth down. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide that stops you and says, don't say to your wife you're just like your mother? Don't. <laughs> don't say that. But just in time your guide says, go get her some flowers. Oh. Wouldn't it be awesome if you had a reliable expert who would just know how to help us navigate through all the challenging parts of life? The Bible says we do. In fact when you read this book you see all the various names of the pictures of God. He's called Father. What's a father do? He guides us and creator, comforter and guide and shepherd. Our, Our God guides us. He speaks to us. He communicates with us. Prayer is not just me talking with God. If God chooses, He can talk back to us. He wants that relationship to be personal. Don't we talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Which means we have communication. So we're always open to the possibility that the Spirit of God is prompting me and guiding me and comforting me me and strengthening me. We must tune our ears to hear God's voice. It's like the child who was told by his father during a symphony orchestra concert, listen to the flutes in this song. Don't they sound beautiful? And the the child, unable to distinguish the flutes, looks up at his dad with a puzzled look. What flutes, dad? What flutes? The child first needs to learn what flutes sound like on their own. Separate from the whole orchestra. Because he's able before he's able to hear them in a symphony. And so it is with us, unless we take the the time to hear his voice in the quiet moments of life, you'll not be able to hear in the symphony sounds of life, in the busyness of life, in the screams and noise of life, that little voice. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy, so he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. God gives us ideas. God gives us nudges. He gives us thoughts. He gives us words. He gives us pictures in our mind. We see something. He gives us metaphors. He gives us insights. It may be that it takes a while to recognize where those are coming from. It may be that you've been obeying those kind of thoughts, serving God all through the years, and you just didn't quite, oh, that was God. Maybe really not identifying that that's God's voice. Now secondly, can I give you some reminders about listening for the voice of God? First of all, all of us can recognize the voice of God. I think that's really important to say. All of us can recognize the voice of God. Samuel began to recognize God's voice. And what a blessing he was for years to come. Uh, he was a prophet and judge over Israel for many, many, many years, highly regarded. But I think it all started back in the third chapter when he began to hear the voice of God. That shaped his life. And that shaped his ministry. It might be easy to get the idea, well, I never hear the voice of God. I'm sorry. I'm not Samuel. I don't think he speaks to me. Maybe he spoke years ago in the Bible. Uh, maybe he speaks to certain... But I don't, I don't get it. Actually, He loves to speak to all of us. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. We're His sheep. He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. Now, sheep are very humble creatures. They don't put on a lot of sophisticated airs. They're just sheep. And they listen, and that's who God speaks to. Those who humbly come before him and listen. There are a lot of reasons why perhaps people don't hear God, but we'll touch on that at a later time. But just to say a few reasons. Some really don't want to hear God, uh, because that could prove too costly, like what will he what will he say and what will he ask? It's better not to hear. Or unconfessed sin keeps us from hearing God, or busyness, or being impatient and just rushing ahead. But God speaks to all of us if our hearts are open to him. And you know who else God speaks to? People who think they're too bad. They're too bad. They're unworthy. They've blown it too much. They're just kind of wiped off the map. God doesn't have time for them. That's not true. Who did Jesus speak to? John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman who had seven husbands and now was living with another. And Jesus spoke to her and He communicated with her and He related well to the tax collectors and the sinners. He had time for them. It's, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at on the journey of your life. Jesus longs to speak to you. In fact, He is already speaking to you. He loves you that much. We've all had our ups and downs in, the, in our journey But listen, He wants to speak to you. And that is so awesome that He he wants to. So all of us can come to recognize the voice of God. Secondly, hearing God doesn't mean that we no longer have to make decisions. Oh, we just hear God and then we just act on it. No, God helps us in our journey. He whispers into our journey. That's true. But He also expects that we will be responsible decision makers. He's like a parent to us in the sense that he wants us to grow up and mature. Does a parent make all the decisions for their children? No. A parent leaves some decisions to the kids because they need to develop. They need to grow. They need to mature. They need to take responsibility. A parent no longer wants to say to their 20 year old, "Um, I've got these clothes sorted out for you today, wear these pants wear this shirt, date this guy, buy this house, select this vocation. No, no. The parent's role is to help move the children to independence and good decision-making. The parent does not say to the 20-year-old, I bought you these jeans to wear. I don't like those other ones that you're wearing. I think you should wear this shirt. No. You would get a great protest from a 20-year-old, mom, dad, Get off my back. I don't want to hear that. Oh no, as parents, our goals are bigger than that. It's not the selection of clothes. It's not which class to take. It's how they are being formed and shaped as young men and women. It's about character development. It's about spiritual formation. These are the things that we're going after. So we let our kids choose. And God does the same. And we pray for guidance. And sometimes we, we choose and we make the best decision given the information that we've got. There's no way to learn except by choosing. There's no way to choose except by risking. And sometimes failing. But he helps us along the way to get good counsel, to think things through. And God is in all of the mix. And he guides that process too. He is forming us so we can walk maturely in this world. So hearing God doesn't mean that we don't make any more decisions. Sometimes we just make the very best decision we can. We ask God and we find that He's at work in and through it all. But we're always listening in the journey. Thirdly, hearing God is is not a way to silence all discussion or get our own way. More than one guy or gal has tried this trick. Usually it's the guy. God told me that you're the person i meant to marry. (laughs) Well, what do you do with that? The guy has played the trump card. God told me that you're the one I'm to marry. The best response is, you tell God to tell me, and as soon as he does, I'll get back to you. We have to be very careful with the, I heard God, and this is what he said, because when we do hear God, everything that we have to say stands up to good cross-examination. I mean, people on your team will also get it. If it's from God, they will say, I think that's right. You won't have to work too hard to convince them, because they'll be on the team with you. Hearing God is not a way to silence all discussion or to get your own way. And finally, hearing God is not optional. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own, but will tell you what He's heard. Do you remember the story of God's call to take the, the gospel to Europe? It was the second missionary journey. And Paul had a picture, remember that, of a man from Macedonia in northern Greece standing and pleading, saying, come on over to Macedonia and help us. Do you know what the next verse says? So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. God speaks in many ways. Words, pictures, thoughts, promptings, nudges, Some said, one person said this week that God always gives me a song every morning. If I listen for the song, I can hear the song. And the song is important for the day because there's a message in the song. Listening to God really isn't a take it or leave it matter when we're His servants and followers. God wants to speak to us uh, for our own growth and not only for us but for others. It's about being used by God to make a difference in our world. So always when we say yes to to Christ, I will obey that prompting. I will listen to your voice. I will grow in recognizing your voice. Not only do you get blessed yourself, but you are an immense blessing to others. The whole continent of Europe was being introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ with that initial picture that came into the mind of Paul. That's an adventure. God uses you to, to touch another life and another life and another life. Hearing God is not optional. By the way, at the back of your sermon notes, there are some exercises there called a practicum. Uh, I just encourage you to take time this, this week to listen to God, to try to hear His voice uh, just through working through that First Samuel 3 exercise and just get a little better. at at listening and hearing God. So this morning, like uh, a GPS, we recognize the voice and we follow. We've all got GPS's at our fingertips these days and uh, you choose to obey or disobey the instructions that that lady, you know that lady she, she gives you? I know sometimes you just think, she's wrong there's a better way. Have you ever just turned her off? Just shut off the GPS and then you get really lost. Decide you better turn it back on again. And, and then you listen to her again she says, you're lost. I told you. You're a dummy. You think I'm going to help you now? You rejected me. You just find your own way home. No, I have never heard that. She never says that. What she does say is recalculating. Recalculating. Execute a U-turn. Now see, that's grace. That's grace. As soon as you're ready to listen, as soon as you're ready to surrender, God will say, Now here's the way home. Execute a U-turn. That's repentance. I'll bring you home. That's grace. That's Jesus. Listen for my voice and I will guide and bless you as you journey through this life and I will give you the greatest adventure of your life, more than you could ever imagine. Let's stand as we pray together. Lord, thank you for your amazing love to us so much so that you speak to us and allow us to be in a personal relationship with you. Lord, help us all to get a little bit better at hearing your voice. Help us to get a little bit better. Thank you for men and women, uh, and boys and girls here today who are hearing your voice. Thank you for men and women of old that, uh, that we learn from. Uh, a man like Samuel, a man like Eli. And I pray that you would give us mentors who would help us uh, to hear your voice and to discover your amazing purpose and significance that you have for every one of us through Jesus Christ our Lord.